0: This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition with Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dannis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Weekends with Walshie starts now.
1: Well, yes. Hello there. Welcome. This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition or Weekends with Walshie. My name is Peter Gowers. I hope you have had a great week thus far. And I know that this is one of the most anticipated podcasts of the year not just because it's the final podcast or the christmas podcast that has no reference to christmas in it whatsoever but there has been a little bit happening which i know everybody is keen for chris mainly chris maybe me a little bit to talk about so let's get him on from the nt independent online newspaper special guest Christopher Walsh. Walshy, how are you, mate?
0: Hey, I'm good, Pete. Been a crazy week here, but it's uh, good to see you for the last time this year.
1: Yes, and if I had a fanfare or a drum roll that we had licensed and we could use legally without being penalized, I would have absolutely used it, but unfortunately not.
0: <laughs> yeah, like people a- can use their imaginations. It's fine, man. It's yeah,
1: fine. exactly. You can just hear it in your head. Chris, I've got something I want to read to you. I mentioned this on News Bites, um, and I think it'll be quite good because it'll play nicely into the stories that we're going to talk about. But I read a story during the week uh, by a journalist by the name Mike O'Connor. I don't know Mike O'Connor. You might. Some of our listeners might, but I don't. But he wrote a story uh, for Queensland. And the heading said, Endless brown-nosing to enter Parliament will pay off eventually. (laughs) And then it says, While some of the stupidest people you've ever met have doctorates, having one will help you climb the ladder to political success, writes Mike O'Connor. As students from the class of 2023 prepare to venture forth into the new year, there may be those among them who, inspired by the shining examples set by our leaders, are considering a career in politics. Herewith, some tips on how best to progress down this career path. Abandon any childhood fantasies you may have entertained about performing glorious deeds involving self-sacrifice and selfless dedication. Somebody else can worry about the hapless and the homeless. Mm -hmm. Henceforth, self-interest will be your creed, ambition, your guiding light, and whatever it takes, your daily prayer. (laughs) Join a political party. It really doesn't matter which one. The people you meet will all have the same goal as you. Self-promotion at all costs. Mm So ignore the nuances of policy and leave them to be embraced by those simple-minded souls who work tirelessly for the good of the party and actually believe in its manifesto. Get a degree. Doesn't matter which one, because you'll never actually enter the workforce and toil beside real people. Practice making friends, and then when the relationship is blooming... Tell them that you no longer wish to speak to them and cut them off completely. This will be invaluable training for those many occasions when you'll have to betray, ignore or assassinate the character of a colleague who is no longer of any use to you or is standing in the way of your upward progression. (laughs) Make promises that you know you cannot keep. This is an essential art to develop, and the more outrageous the promise, such as telling people you'll cut their electricity bills by $275, the better. (laughs) When your promise fails to materialise, blame changed circumstances. (laughs) The previous government, climate change, oil prices, and the supply chain, whatever that is. (laughs) Back to the degree. Law is popular, but you don't have to be particularly good at it as you'll only work for a firm that is aligned to the political party of your choice and it's only a fill-in job until you wrangle a role on the staff of a Member of Parliament. Once you've done this, you have officially joined the queue to ascend the greasy pole to party endorsement in a safe seat and have entered the special bubble in which the political class resides. Mm -hmm. While it is true that in the early days you might be forced to deal with those grubby little people who come around to the electorate office and think that because your boss is the local member, he or she may actually give a toss about their mundane, tiresome whinges, This is only temporary. It must be endured until you can claw your way a little higher, leaving the real world behind and becoming a policy advisor. (laughs) This this will be not particularly demanding, as most politicians have no input on policy and don't care to, making sure that they get elected again next time being a full-time job and one that doesn't allow for anything as wearisome as making the country a better place in which to live. (laughs) Eventually, your endless crawling, brown-nosing, sycophancy, fancy and willingness to abandon your principles and values at a moment's notice will be recognised and you will assume your treasured seat in the great parliament of the people. At this point, it will be necessary to get a PhD. It doesn't matter for what. This will allow you to call yourself doctor and hopefully create the impression that you are possessed of a significant intellect. While it may be true that some of the most intensely stupid people you have ever met have doctorates, get one you must. If you're a male, buy shirts with extra long sleeves. These are easier to roll up, creating the totally false impression that you're hardworking. (coughs) You'll also need to buy a stockman's hat, in which you'll look foolish, and riding boots in a comical attempt to show that you relate to the rural electorate. Practice nodding. As you continue to worm and scheme towards the ministry, you'll be called upon to stand behind your supreme leader in media conferences and nod. Mm. Doesn't matter if they've mixed up their notes and are reading their partner's shopping list. Just keep nodding sagely. Good luck and Merry Christmas to all. (laughs) Mate, I just thought... Before anything had happened this week, I was like, I'm reading that to Chris in its entirety (laughs) before we start next week's episode, because while that wasn't written about the Northern Territory... It absolutely was, without the writer even
0: knowing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people that could apply to here, for some reason, Nicole Madison's face kept popping into my head as you were reading that, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, she at least finished. Yeah. No, well, actually, she never finished her degree, so. But maybe he says something about that. That doesn't matter either. <laughs> Just, no, <laughs> right,
1: it's irrelevant, apparently.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, no, yeah. look, that, that's pretty um, pretty insightful. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I just thought
1: word for word, and as you did, I also pictured some politicians yeah. uh, who who sit in the Great Northern Territory wedding cake on a regular basis, and I thought, wow, this guy doesn't even know this little market, hmm. but uh, whoever he wrote that for, whether it was Queensland, or it's probably the same, New South Wales, Victoria, wherever it might be, hmm. The, the uncanny knack of getting every part of it correct was unbelievable. Yeah. But in many ways, as we always say, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry because the the sad irony of it was was not lost on me either. Yeah,
0: absolutely, Pete. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess good, good intro into the craziness that was this week in, in tea politics because, wow, it's, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this.
1: Well, you weren't, but you did promise me big things the week before, yeah. and and as we've talked about a few times privately, there's been multiple gotcha moments in the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. But it seemed that um, the the former chief minister, as she's now known, must have been coated in Teflon because things just kept sliding off, and yeah, yeah. it seemed like how how had did, did that not you know be the end? I know, but, yeah, uh, it
0: was it was weird and and then to to see that and somebody had asked me today i've done a lot of radio interviews now this week but uh about like did did you expect this to happen and i said what the complete and utter collapse of the territory labor party no i didn't expect <laughs> that but you know it was yeah. it just kind of showed what a house of cards the whole thing was and when one card didn't came it? out and it just came collapsing yep. down around itself and uh yeah. That that thin veneer that was that was on display, I guess, that, that surrounded this file's government. I mean, it completely disintegrated when she resigned, and they all just turned into Lord of the Flies or something. Man, like it was uh, the
1: vultures uh, all came in. Yeah,
0: and and you just realize, like, oh my god, who do they got in there? Who, who, who's left? Who's going to stand yeah. up and take charge? Who's going to tap her on the shoulder and tell her it's time for her to go? Right. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah. Look, man, I, it was yeah, it was quite a week in anti politics.
1: It was, and we'll get to all the fun and frivolity of leaders leaving and new leaders being ascending to the throne. But I thought it'd be appropriate to start this episode, being the final episode of the year, with something that maybe. Some good news, and that is that the government ban on the NT independent appears to be lifted at this stage.
0: Yeah, look, that's about as far as I'm willing to go on this yet until I see something. Like, I'm not, (laughs) look, I'm not going to be fooled by anybody here. These people have known to lie. Uh, you know, like I just, I'm sorry if yeah, my, my levels of it. trust are really down at the moment here. And uh, any elected official here, well, especially with with labor these days in the government, but uh, yeah, look, Eva Lawler, uh, today being sworn in and um, having a press conference and the, their media people, I went by the swearing in and then they invited me to the uh, to the press conference, which I thought was on you, which I thought was a trap pete
1: (laughs) (laughs) you thought they were going to make you the
0: (laughs) god yeah the mayor clown town as you always say (laughs) um yeah so i was like yeah okay so i had to walk back up from government house and they have all this construction on the side of the parliament house so you got to walk all the way around and i just done that anyway so i walked back up and yeah we went in and um up to the Elsie room again and uh Mm. serious room and yeah so uh, Eva Lawler came out gave her speech, and then stopped and like you know was taking questions and i I was trying to gauge the room and whether or not I asked the first question or you know i they've got a system of doing it I mean hell, this is the first press conference I've been in in three and a half years or something yeah, yeah. before that it'd have been a yeah. while so uh but anyway, you know one of the things that that lawler said today was that she was ordering a review into um the register of members' interests and conflicts of interest. And uh, so my ears kind of perked up when she said that, because, of course, that's yep. what we've been talking about and, and lately. And so, uh, yeah, so she got done, and then uh, I was I started to ask a question. I think the Channel 9 reporter did too. And then, um, yeah, Lawler said, look, I want to, um, well, she said, like, Chris Walsh is here, and she said, Chris, it's lovely to have you here. She said something about me being from a red deer in Canada. That's not right. I'm not from red deer, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but
1: And I'd like to disassociate myself with everything red deer related. <laughs> yeah,
0: It's in Alberta. It's close. I lived in Calgary before we came here, but uh, I'm from Halifax. Anyway. Uh, mm. yeah, and then she had said something about being a friend of hers for sure this week or something. I'm a he's a friend of mine, yeah, for sure, or something. And I and I guess like I don't know what that meant. That I guess because I do. yeah, well, because you know, just yeah, gave her a
1: hundred grand pay rise, yeah,
0: yeah, well, exactly. And yeah, Faust has resigned, and so she's become the chief minister. So I guess she thinks I'm her friend, but uh, anyway, I wasn't doing this for Eva Lawler, I can assure people of that. I was doing my job for Territorians, but uh anyway it was it was interesting so i did ask her so uh, yeah so i got to ask the first question so i did say well look you know i appreciate that you're doing that review now that you've called for and i think that's necessary but what you know what do you intend to do outside of that to restore the public's trust following files undisclosed share scandal and these lingering questions about integrity and government and i think that's a pretty valid question and uh look she took it she attempted to answer it i'm not sure we got much out of that but uh Mm-hmm. Um, she did say that. Um, oh yeah, that that uh, that you know they'll apply this. They'll they'll, they'll do this expert review into this uh, into integrity issues, and they'll apply it straight away. I don't know if the ICAC will be involved in that. Probably it seems seems like it would be to me. But uh, makes sense. Yeah. So we'll we'll take her at a word of that, I guess. But um, and we'll see where that goes. But um, yeah, it was uh, afterwards. So you know, I asked another question in there about what deal. Was made to, to bring this ticket together, <laughs> this Lawler-Chancy <Lollard, laughs> yes, ticket, the
1: one that seemed extremely unpopular only 24 hours earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that went and she was saying, "No, look, it's no deal." And Chancy shaking his head behind her, and she said, and "The union said it was there's no deal. They just came to me and wanted all my colleagues came to me and wanted me to run." And anyway, we'll get into that. So. Uh, but after the press mm. conference, she 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 comes straight up to me directly after the press conference, and she shakes my hand, and uh, and Chancy's behind her, mm. and she said, um, "You know, Chris, I uh, I just want you to know that you're you're welcome to attend any of my ministers' press conferences, and I guess you know." And then she kind of smiled and laughed and said, "Yeah, I guess you know. Sorry, you'll be having to work harder now. Coming to these press conferences, you'll have to work harder now." She said, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. And so I was shaking her hand, and I said, "Yeah, well, you too." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and then yeah, yeah. and then Chansey shook my hand, and so I said, "Look, yeah, thanks, guys. I, I do appreciate that." As I said that in the press conference when she said what she said then. Um, yeah, so I just hope
1: you said I just hope you said one thing that was really necessary to say based on all the photo I've seen. Did you tell Chansey to take that freaking smile off his face? Is <laughs> that like the cat that got the cream, wasn't he?
0: He was smiling like that for at least 6 minutes. I timed it. I was seeing on the yeah, thing. How, yeah. how long is he going to hold this for?
1: Yeah, he's
0: quite a smile. He's pretty happy and we'll, we'll get into it uh, later on, but uh yeah, look uh, you know i just thought okay and i and i just hope that nobody's going to be celebrating the fact that eva appears to have lifted this ban on us because like i said this this is one we just want to get on with doing our jobs but two this is this is uh, really the bare minimum i'm saying in respecting the freedom of the press like th- th- this like mm. to think that we would live in a place where this would be celebrated or something she's going to let the free press come to her press conference like oh my good god yeah, it, yeah. you know that just that's really scary for me. But that this is where we've been living for the past three and a half years, going on four years. I mean, we started in March yeah. 2020. So, you know, uh, yeah, that, that we'll see what happens here now. Like, as I pointed out here, we, we, had, we had called, I'm quoted in the story here, saying we called for support from the heads of other local news organizations, but it appears we had to do it ourselves by continuing <laughs> to hold politicians to account to the public that elected them. I said, uh, it shows the positive effect journalism can have when done right. And we never wavered in our commitment to providing Territorians <laughs> the information they needed to know, even when faced with yep. government bans and threats from the police executive to raid our offices and potentially arrest our journalists. Because, God damn it, that's what we've been up against for the last three and a half yeah. years. Yep. And, uh, and so, look, I, I'm, 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 like I was telling you earlier, Pete, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, but I'm just... Yeah, I, I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, so, anyway, we'll, look, we'll see. But th- the other part of this was, like, then I'd left the press conference, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is great that we've been invited now. There's this open invite to all ministerial press conference. But what about the government departments? Yes. You know, and the, and, and I'm thinking, and the police? Because I think I got back, and I told Woody, and Woody said, well, I still haven't got any questions back from the police, any answers back. So, uh, maybe they haven't yep. got the memo yet. And,
1: Message hasn't got through. No, so
0: I wrote to uh, to one of the media people there in the government's team, and I said, look, yeah, can we get clarification around this? Because we think it's pretty important. And I we went, look, appreciating fully the, the busyness of the transition here, um, but this mm. is important. And uh, so, anyway, they said they would get back to us, quote, as we are able. So well, That's good. That's the I, first I, response I, um, we've gotten from a government spokesperson in it's, years. Well,
1: one, one line's better than none, Chris. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, at this stage, would also... Like to put a bit of a line in the sand, and just put you on notice, Chris, and the NT Independent. Mm. Now that you're buddying up and cozying up to the government, <laughs> I don't want you to go and get lazy on me and leave all the work on my shoulders. Okay? <laughs> yeah,
0: all right, fair enough, Pete. That's a deal. I won't do. That. <laughs> I won't let <laughs> you down. Um yeah look man <laughs> like you. that that's yeah I don't know I I honestly I don't know what's going to happen here with this but I guess you know we'll go when we have issues I mean the other thing was just this whole press conference itself today was uh, was interesting it was interesting of things to come um yeah I I honestly I, I don't know what to expect here the Ziva Lawler Chancy pick leadership team is uh, it's an unusual pairing i think even she's <laughs> admitted that today yes. uh yeah well i don't know look i don't know it's going to be very interesting the next eight months because they're going to the election apparently right now all intents and purposes yeah. with this leadership team of chancy Pake and uh and Eva Lawler. Uh, there's some stuff that uh you know there's some baggage that both of them bring and, mm-hmm. and that'll that'll be one issue and the other and you know when we're going to work through those things i guess because they've got to answer some pretty tough questions that they haven't answered before and that's why i'm saying i'm being cautiously optimistic because they're not going to really like like look at i think about the giles days and some of the press conferences he and i got into <laughs> and with some really tough issues and uh you know giles was um pretty agile there and, and moving around a lot and saying things and you'd get back and you'd listen to the recorder and you were certain he had said something and you listen to it and you're like, man, this guy didn't say anything. He didn't answer the question <laughs> at all, but that was his kind of way of dealing with it. And he, and Eva, yep. you know what I saw today? She seems to like to wing it a bit mm-hmm. and uh, not maybe to the best effect. Uh, yep. You know, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think, fact that she's changed tack here with us is, is maybe a good sign. Look, I, I think that the whole Files, the whole gunnar Manison Files circle of power, like I was asking both of them at one point, I said, but isn't it that the rest of caucus just got sick of that? I mean, these are the three people who've been the power base of territory labor since they were in opposition since, you know, 2014, 15 yeah. And uh, I, it looks like caucus just wanted to change. And so Eva's done the wise thing here anyway in saying, well, I'm going to lift the ban because she's seen two chief yeah, ministers yeah. fight with me publicly. And it didn't end well for either one of them. And remember that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into it. But that the gunner resigned um, before he could actually face questions about what was really going on, just before the, the Robin Lamley was going to say that and disclosed that he was under investigation by the ICAC for stealing taxpayer money for campaign flights. He he just dropped the budget and resigned. Files fronted up to the media uh, to resign, which was different. But Anyway, look, I guess you've seen how that went for both of them, because the anti-independent also, by the way, revealed all of that travel stuff during the last campaign. So (laughs) I think she's thought, okay, well, maybe she's like some great mafia leader and it's the keep your enemies closer type of thing. uh,
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought yeah, keep your enemies... But
0: look, enemies I, I, I don't want to be the enemy, but I'm but I, going to be doing my job and my job will mean that she's going to get some really tough questions and I just wonder how she's going to hold up on this and when when the next yeah, thing happens it. and I'll be there. Um, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. It's going to be different for the NT Independent for sure. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, we want to get back to doing our jobs and we want to be able to uh, to question ministers finally. So it looks like that's yeah. going to happen. So I'm optimistic.
1: There's a few things that ran through my head as as I read that and as things happened the last couple of days and of course uh, and we'll get to it in detail but you did a- attend another press conference uh, earlier in the week which was a you know a monumental one in terms of leadership for the territory but the first thing I thought was exactly what you just said oh is that the old mafia technique <laughs> kicking in there but at the same time I thought well Let's have a look at this. Two consecutive chief ministers who, for all intents and purposes, were essentially one and the same. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the same kind of team, you know, ticket, as you call it. And how did that work out for yeah. you?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you know? yeah. How did it work yeah. out?
1: And and I reckon since she got up in Canberra and said those lies about not just the anti-independent, but, you know, she quoted Maggie Thatcher and the other things – it's felt like a downward yeah, spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and when it all
0: went wrong, man. And, and uh, I think so. That, and that's where she was that was her big reset, her big refresh on everything yeah. and went bad. Yep. Went really bad after that. It did
1: it did reset but the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. but I just I just kept thinking to myself, you know, when I was looking at things or reading things, I just kept thinking, well, you've tried this band. You've tried it for 6 7 years whatever it is. How's that worked out? Because as I've always said, Chris, I reckon you've probably had more stories leaked to you than you may have had you been attending the press conferences. And the other thought that definitely wasn't lost on me was exactly as the now chief minister said. Was, well now you're gonna be working even harder because you're gonna to have to come to all the press conferences as
0: well. Yeah, well the ones that Yeah, I'm not to go going to all of them. <laughs> we'll go yeah. when we have something we want to talk about. I'm not going when she wants to talk about what yeah. she wants to talk about. It. I'm going when the people when I have something that the public's interested in and want answers for, that's yeah. when I'll go. But yeah, look, yeah, she let's hope she's as good as her word here and, and we do this.
1: Correct. And look, let's move on to the next story about that. She obviously was sworn in uh, today, I think it was, wasn't it, Chris? It on was. on yeah. Thursday um, with her deputy, uh, the one and only Attorney General, now Deputy Chief Minister, uh, Chanston Paik Third. I have to call it that because <laughs> that's, that's how it sounds to me when it's so formal. And also the new cabinet has been revealed as well.
0: Yeah, that's right, Pete. I, I was being asked about that on ABC Radio this morning, and I was saying, they said, Well, what do you think is going to happen with this new cabinet? And I thought, Honestly, not very much. I, I can't see her making any big changes now. You don't really want to do that. They just did this two months ago, right? Like, the. <laughs> This is starting to, to be the CLP here uh, that, um, yeah, that, <laughs> it, it, you know, it'll be the second reshuffle in as many months for territory labor. And, of course, all of it, just eight months out from August general election. <laughs> so you think that uh, she's not going to want to mix things up too much, and she didn't. I think the biggest thing to note here is that uh, uh, Speaker Mark Monahan, who turfed her out of parliament last it month. He cuffed
1: it in the guts.
0: Yeah, well, he's been brought in as as a minister. Always
1: bring your enemies closer. I yeah. love
0: it. So uh, yeah, he's education minister now. Everyone else, I think, uh, although it wasn't in the release, but I think uh, D. Ran Young will take over as speaker. Now, a lot of this wow. goes to um, to the kind of deals that happened in in the back room to get Lawler over the line here, and uh, we see some of the yeah. people's clear where Monaghan's support lie. Um, and so yeah so look she came in uh she gave a speech it was one of these kind of uh Territorians don't really know who you are explain who you are so there was a lot of background a lot of stuff about her life she said she was a straight shooter um and she said that she had no ambition to become chief minister even last week but that after uh files resigned on monday on tuesday sorry that uh That her colleagues had come to her and asked her to stand and, um, and to run here. Now, this is, this is interesting because of what was going on behind the scenes here and, uh, and all the fighting. Now it was Nicole Madison. We'll get into this a bit later, but Nicole Madison, remember, she did something. Yep. Politically stupid in that she put out this statement saying that she was going to be the next chief minister. She was running for it. She counted on her colleagues' support. She was the most qualified. She was the heir apparent, essentially, is how it came across. Mm-hmm. And then remember, she also had uh, aligned herself closely with Files, saying that uh, Files would put Territorians first, even though she's resigning in disgrace. Like, I'm not even sure that the ABC editor, editor down there understood that. She's resigning in disgrace.
1: Yeah. And could I just cut in there for a second? Because that was a number of odd things that popped up yes. during that time when Natasha decided to uh, hit the road. Um, I thought it's really important that people understand if there's anyone out there who actually genuinely thinks that she put territorians first mm. by falling on her sword, let's be really clear. She put herself first until there was no choice but to put territorians first and only putting them first by resigning. There was there was at no point across any decisions made that I'm I'm aware of and Chris, I'm more than happy to be told i'm wrong mm. but i don't think there was a single time when she didn't put herself first no the, and, the, so and that comment was the dumbest thing she could have ever said
0: yeah man, about but well and that's it i mean we'll get into that i mean what's Files's legacy at the end of the day there's nothing there is none. No. no no and so but look but the other part of not in politics no that whole other part of it was uh upsetting to as one of our party sources it said really angered the other caucus members with its arrogance so to think that she was entitled, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, Gunner had tried to get her in as the leader and it looked like files was doing this or the right faction had come in and they wanted her. And, uh, anyway, we'll see what happens to her career. Uh, I think it's done pretty much. She's now on the back bench. And this was part of yeah. the big announcement today with cabinet. As I was saying that, uh, that was one of them that we kind of heard, had heard anyway after she, after Madison didn't have the support once again from her caucus colleagues to be leader. <laughs> she then put out a statement, this other statement she put out saying, Oh, well, you know, I've, uh, I really want to spend more time. I got to put family first. And that, I've been thinking about that while I've been on holidays with them. It's like, Oh my God, lady, you just said yesterday you wanted to be the chief minister. And now you're saying, oh, well, I thought about it as mm-hmm. family first. But she thought she had these same thoughts at the same time while she was on holiday yeah. that, oh, I should be chief yeah. minister. And then when that didn't work out, oh, my other thought was I should put family first. Now, like, so self serving, go back to your that, opening remarks. <laughs> Jeez.
1: The comment that came across as arrogant to her um, teammates, we'll call them, She she may have been better saying, you know, I have mixed emotions about my future, (laughs) but I will put my hand up for Chief Minister. Failing that, I'll go back to being a a backbencher and a full-time mother.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, and I don't know politically. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll get back to that. But uh, the other cabinet team here, so we know Monaghan's in, Mark Monaghan. Selina Yubo is the kind of other big winner here. She'll pick up the health minister and other portfolios. Uh, Joel Bowden, of course, one of, um, one of Lawler's leadership contenders will remain infrastructure minister, uh, as well as business minister, and minister for tourism and hospitality. So no, no real changes there. I think he might've picked up a, a minor portfolio. Brent Potter, Sparky there will remain as police minister. He also picks up alcohol policy from files. And, uh, and major events. Madison, of course, Amphiles lost all of their portfolios and will sit in the back bench. I think one of the reporters was asking Lawler about that way. Well, you got a lot of experience in your back bench. And she said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's, we've got a lot of experience everywhere, some new people, some old people. So look, Lawler was out there to, to kind of frame this today. Well, one, to introduce herself really to Territorians as the new chief minister and also to, alleviate concerns that Territorians would rightly have that this is a party that's not unified, that uh, made some sort of unholy agreement to uh, put these two people together, Eva Lawler and Chansey Uh which, you know, like when I had heard about that on the Tuesday night, I, I said to the party person, I said, look, you know, you're going to be laughed out of the Northern Territory, but let's stick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they said look now this is like the the idea here i guess was that um was that lawler was that lawler was not part of the gunner Manison and triumphant triumvirate there and uh True. part of their things but she's got her own baggage and you know? i mean she was a senior minister in the ranks there and in the, in, in the in this labor government um gunners in the files. yeah where it happened where it all happened and uh you know yeah anyway like i was saying they have baggage uh she yeah it said though but she kept saying oh well we did a straw poll and i was unanimous unanimously elected and i will always put the territory first she rejected any assertion that a deal was arranged between her paik and others um she just said they asked me to stand and i took that opportunity as i said i asked chancy to join me as deputy and of course then the people that are on the left back chancy as deputy and the people on the right back me so i was unanimously elected it was very very straightforward she said that they looked to me as somebody who could lead us and lead us strongly into what we've had what will be a difficult year eight months into an election and they wanted that strong leadership they as i said in my speech i'm um, you know i'm a straight shooter uh so good to know yeah, i mean look do we know a lot about her i mean we've they're, they're, there's issues like the other thing that we, and i ran out of time today but we're gonna have to go to the icac and say like yeah. look, you better come clean on this because remember like two months ago back in october she was saying oh no everything's fine nobody's under investigation because i asked them all in the lobby And they said, no, nobody said anything. I asked her, are you under investigation? No one said anything. And then she said, I've been under investigation, but they haven't found anything. They cleared me. So I'm going, whoa, 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 hold on a second. This whole TIO thing tio stadium and the the safety issues there that you gazetted to exempted from having a proper building certificate so people could enter that the icac was investigating because she did that as he was Mm -hmm. making inquiries and so i think you know i think we need some clarity around that i'm not sure she's the one to provide that but i think riches might have to explain to the public look is our chief minister under investigation here over that or or anything else for that matter um yeah so look at that press conference like i said it was a bit of a mess to me like i i I don't think eva was on point uh as much as she should have been i think she went off script a bit too and then it just kind of got rambling and incoherent at times and uh Mm. uh, anyway we'll see we'll see if that improves um opposition leader leo finacchiaro saying (laughs) that this was a quote desperate refresh Uh, But there is nothing fresh about Lawler and Pig. she said. Uh, How far is Labour willing to go to mislead Territorians into thinking these captains of an economy going backwards, the cost of living increases and skyrocketing crime, are going to go to turn this ship around? For seven long years, Eva Lawler and Chansey Paik have been key decision makers in a Labor government that has been embroiled in integrity scandals, delivering skyrocketing crime, and an economy going backwards. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's
1: the quiet one got on the front foot. Love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the quiet one. Uh, yeah. So look, that was that. That was today, uh, Thursday, in anti-politics. Uh, Lawler sworn in with her new her new cabinet. And um, mm. wow, wow, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But uh...
1: Well, you mentioned it to me a couple of days ago, and we both said that can't happen under any circumstances. And I must admit, when I opened up the news sites at about lunchtime and saw it, I was gobsmacked. Uh, what I found really quite interesting was there was a lot of passive-aggressive verbiage being used by the, uh, the new Chief Minister, including the description of uh, Nicole Manison, which I thought very interestingly said, you know, she's now going back to the backbench, but she's done a lot for the Territory, including jobs. The three things she always mentioned, and I thought, is that her just saying... Uh well that's what that's what she always craps
0: yeah the yeah well, as yeah well. yeah yeah I I think that was it I think there's no love loss between Lawler Mano and Files there I think that that's uh, yeah. that's pretty obvious and look I think it, it clearly Labor look I you know with the polling numbers and everything too that we've discussed lately they know that they were in trouble they need some sort of refresh here um, and this is what they've yep. chosen. Um, we'll see how it goes, but they knew that things couldn't go on the way it was. So th- th- it was imploding. No.
1: Absolutely. And let's talk about that. So, look, the um, the ripping story that you published uh, on Monday uh, essentially set a chain of events in place where uh, the chief minister then on Tuesday, the, the then chief minister, Natasha Files, resigned. Uh, over her failure to disclose secret shares Which, you know, there's a lot of other things that played out with that
0: Yeah, Pete, look, this is, yeah, what I was talking to you about last week When um, when I said we had something coming And this was, uh, <laughs> this was it This was the third in a series that we had done of, uh, That I think raised very serious questions about, you know Conflicts of interest, undisclosed shares Undisclosed conflicts of interest integrity issues overall and of course it started with the woodside shares story uh it then went into uh the gerard richardson tambourine resources his company being a registered lobbyist for tambourine uh which was doing deals with the nt government and Beetaloo and uh, middle arm and then uh Mm. look we found this we found these shares in um a company called So 32 so back when files had uh, had got caught up with the woodside stuff and she was defending those shares remember at one point she said well i'm going to keep them and let's see how they go for the kids <laughs> uh, i was like what the yeah. hell are you thinking she was
1: she was defending it and then taunting everyone at the same yeah. time <laughs>
0: and it was like but you know and they've got some interest in middle arm and and then but look then she was made aware by turner that she had violated the the ministerial code of conduct which actually already says the ministers need to divest shares to create a, a conflict of interest. So she had to divest and she did with the Woodside shares. So at the time that she had those shares out and, you know, they had the share portfolio out and was trying to get rid of them. Um, she had no time mentioned any of these other shares in this other company. Yeah. Now what this was, was so back, so back when we found that the Woodside shares thing, we found that she had disclosed them. We didn't know how many. She just said that she had shares in Woodside. And it was buried on page 366 of this 435-page document that used to be, it was all the register of interest used to be in um, in alphabetical order. But for some reason, F files is on page 366. But anyway, when I was down there and I saw the hard copy last month, that's when um, this thing kind of kicked off. Now, the other disclosures that she had put down was that she had shares in BHP. Um and two other companies. One of them was called Arium, formerly One Steel, and the other one was called Blue Scope Steel. Now, both of those companies, oh, yeah. and when we reported that, we spoke to somebody with knowledge, and they said, look, those are both spinoffs of BHP, yep. right? But there's another spinoff of BHP that she doesn't appear to have disclosed. And that was... Yep. South 32, which owns the Gemco mine on Groot Island, the the Mm -hmm. manganese mine, which is the largest in the world, incidentally, and which happened to be at the center uh, late last year and earlier this year of very serious health concerns being raised by indigenous residents of the island who had said that, uh, you know, that they had suffered uh, health issues as a result of uh, air pollution. Caused by the mine and this this fine particle dust that's going around uh, there, uh, and so you know, and a potential heavy metal poisoning even, and it was you know it was serious to the point that, and good on Jane Jane Barden at the ABC because she followed this. I'm not sure anybody else would have, and I don't think we would have known about this and the connection here to what happened, but in. Jane had done a story I think l- late last December and then followed it up in February and still appear didn't get any type of real response from the government of these indigenous people saying we want an investigation we want a public investigation to what's going on with this mine if, you know how it's been allowed to uh, exceed its emissions limits in the area and it's making us sick so Jane Barton kept pushing that and in March finally had files at a press conference and said, you know, are you going to investigate this? Uh, You're the health minister and files rejected the calls. She, uh, you know, I said like, well, indigenous people are asking for this. And files said, no, you know, there's standards in place. And then they said, well, what about the fact that the company has has admitted that it, it breaches emissions limits and then files like this, just discredited it all and said, Well, you know, these are probably naturally occurring issues. I'll have to find out about the admission, but you know, we also have naturally occurring issues. And it was like, Wow, okay, but you so you're making a decision not to investigate this mine based on, um, you, you know, well, we're not sure what it's based on, but we know now that you, had, yeah, that you had an interest in this. That you have shares yeah. in this company and that was one of the words and she hadn't disclosed them right now of those other two steel companies that were spinoffs of bhp they're not going to present the same level of conflict of interest that this does now so the question there is why didn't she disclose so 32 the one company in all those spinoffs that she has shares in that would create the biggest conflict of interest and, you know, and, and hearing people talk this week about everything and saying, well, you know, it was 754 shares, which is more than the 169 on Woodside, but is actually less because it's only, I think, a little over $3 a share for South 32. Um, yeah. But it's the issue, the, the issue here. And so it's 2,500, but whatever, you know, it's, it's only about 2,500 bucks. But the issue to me is, and I think if you were to ask any Territorian is... What do you consider a conflict of interest would it be when you know a politician has has an interest of any size in a company that it's making decisions about that benefit that company I'm pretty sure that's the agreed on definition of a conflict of interest that's, I don't think we ha- The
1: absolute definition.
0: Yeah but look I don't know I mean there are some people who will say other things well she couldn't have been possibly motivated by you know, expending these twenty five hundred dollars worth of shares. Well, but the point is, is she that the conflict. Well, yeah, they think it's too small. Like maybe if it was twenty five or two hundred and fifty thousand, I don't know what it, they think. But it's it's yeah, irrelevant. The it's the, the perception. Yeah, and it's politics. And yeah, this is
1: politics. And and the fact that the the problem with that whole decision is, like, you could look at some other things and say, all right, well she didn't declare these shares because, as she claims, she forgot about them or she didn't know about them. No. Okay, that's, that's fine. You could accept that. But the fact that she was health minister... And she freeballed it and said, oh, no, nah, well, it could be naturally occurring. Hmm. She didn't – She the, the arrogance to not even say, well, I'll look into it and I'll come <laughs> yeah, back to you, which yeah, is what every right, minister yeah, on the yeah. planet would do. She decided then and there, no, nah, it's not an issue. It's the perception. It could be one share. It could be a million shares. Yeah. The fact is that she held shares in the company and she made a decision – off her own bat without getting advice, or if she did get advice, she didn't tell anyone about no, she, the fact she that didn't. she got it. And and that decision directly affected the company in a positive way that she had yeah, shares in. She's a shareholder. That's the definition of a conflict of interest, irrespective yeah. of how many shares she had. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I, and I think every Territorian would agree with that. And so that became the issue right and and so that was one part and then it appeared that she was putting her own share portfolio ahead of the health and safety of indigenous territories which is just reprehensible and that's an issue that you know you don't come back from in an election and you're trying to uh to win seats so bush and remote communities and you're doing that stuff like they they knew that was politically damaged the other issue was that uh yeah she had flat out refused to declare them and that this took many weeks pete of trying to get access to the share register for the company. And we ultimately finally did. It took a long time and we saw them. And I was telling you, I said, like, I I honestly didn't think she would have had them at the end of the day. I thought she must have divested them, but we know that she had made this decision. And then we go and we find that, no, she does have the shares and we go and look and she did not disclose them. Now, this is the other part of this is that she had gone on, you know, during the Woodside shares thing, defending those and saying to. well. It was a lot of different interviews she did where she said things, but I think the most pointed one was uh, Joe Laverty when she was on with her on that very fiery November 14th interview where she said, oh, and Joe, I think your listeners wouldn't understand this, but I declare everything. I've declared everything. I regularly update my register of members' interests so that everything is included. I've disclosed all conflicts of interest. Well, there you go. That's Files lying again, and this whole Files the Liar thing that it caught on. Well, here it is, yeah. writ large, that, that she's told the public on public radio, I've declared everything. There are no conflicts of interest. And then we could prove that that was false, that she had these shares. So it was, it was damning for her, that part of it. And the fact that she had lied to the public, but look, I still didn't know what was going to happen. So that was, (laughs) you know, that was the Thursday we found out about it. And so the story runs, and that's why I was kind of hinting at it last week with you that, uh, you know, we'll have something Mm. big here. Um, The story runs Monday morning. And right away, that that was huge. That was like the the Woodside one, but I think this one was bigger. And uh, and even the Richardson thing went off amazingly well when that came out. And yep. the conflicts of interest there with hiring a gas lobbyist as your senior advisor, which <laughs> I, they still defended. Mm-hmm. And look, I got to say this too. I'm going to stop for a second. That little weasel when she was uh, when she was resigning, I got a photo of him, and we haven't used it yet, but we will. Um, he he had snuck out for a sandwich. Like, I got to say this, Pete, honestly, like when I've met some, some very good political advisors over the years covering politics in Australia and in Canada... And I can tell you that any one of them with their salt resigns right away to protect the leader when they're called out for something like what he was called out for. And the fact that this yeah. guy doesn't even get it, and I'll am telling, and i tell you what happened. So Files resigns, and we'll get into that in a sec, but I, I come downstairs and I uh, was waiting for Leah Fanacchiaro's press conference and I was talking to some of the other journals who weren't used to seeing me. And uh, uh, I looked down the end of Parliament from outside and there's there's Richardson. And I thought, oh, look, there he is. This guy's still hanging around. How the <laughs> hell is this guy still hanging around? So I waited for him to come around. And then I realized, like, there was a little alcove there. And I thought, oh, you know, yeah, he'll come around here. And I'm going to get a photo of him because that's the one thing these guys really hate. I'm going to ask him some questions. I'm going to get his photo because he's he thinks he's such a hotshot political advisor that there shouldn't be any photos of him he's a man who doesn't exist but he controls he has all the power because he's got all the politicians ears like this guy i've Hmm. seen good operators this guy is nowhere near a good operator so but i'm waiting for him to come back around and he's not there and i thought geez did he and then i remembered oh there's like a side door there and so I came around the side, the corner there, and I saw him, and he's got a sandwich in his hand, and he's frantically trying to swipe his card to gain access, <laughs> like, swipe card access. And yeah. so I had my phone, on, so I took a.
1: Phone. And it's been denied because she resigns.
0: Everyone's been kicked. Well, this is what I was thinking later was that yeah, I could see his name on it. So anyway, but he yeah, so I don't know, but he, he couldn't get in, and so he said, uh, and so I'm taking <laughs> his photo, and I said, so uh, Gerard, what's next for you? What's going to happen now Foz is gone with your contract? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know you. Stop taking my photo. I said, no, you do know me, Gerard. We actually met about three years ago. You, me, and Maria Billias sat down and had a chat. My name's Chris. And he said, oh, I know who you are now. And he starts trying to like run from me. He sprints almost to the main entrance of <laughs> Parliament House. And I just said to him, I said, look, Gerard, just like, what are, what are taxpayers going to be on the hook for to pay out your contract now? And he just yeah. like closed the door and and ran off. And I thought, yeah, that this guy is terrible. <laughs> this guy's the worst political advisor I think I've ever seen. To cause the trouble that he caused, to get to get to play a part into getting files to the point where she resigned, and then heading out for a sandwich. Either <laughs> like while she's <laughs> resigning or directly after. i d I'll go and get a snack while she falls on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, This guy you just don't do that. You fall on your sword as the advisor to protect the leader. Everybody knows that. That's the deal. Now I think part of the reason why files wouldn't have sacked him is what we talked about last week, is that and then that that obvious question is how much are we paying? To pay out the contract, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. she wouldn't want to get into that after the whole Chalker thing. So, um, I th- no, she must have kept him. But
1: probably a four-year contract.
0: She put him in such. He put her in such a bad position that this guy is, like I said, the worst advisor. I think he played a very large role in her leaving and losing her job over this. Anyway, mm-hmm. back to that to, the, to that to that issue though with the uh, with the shares. I mean, it was yeah, it was. It became so big that uh, she had to do something. And and look, I was getting messages from people on Monday calls. The phone was just lit up as I was saying it got so busy. And uh, the CLP had come out. They did a press conference. This was the first time Leah said she's got to resign over this. This is, you know, her job's untenable after this. She's making decisions uh, based on a company that she's a shareholder in or decisions that affect the company that she's a shareholder in. So... Yeah, that was that was actually strong that day. I was surprised by that. I was in that press conference, it was a teleconference, and I had asked her that. I said, Well, yeah, should she resign, or do you think she should just continue to be investigated by the ICAC, maybe? You know? (laughs) Um and she said, No, look, it's untenable, she's gotta resign. So Files, meanwhile, is at a funeral, we're told, and that uh she won't be making comment on the Monday. She was in Sydney, uh, and she'll be back Tuesday. And yeah, so you know, Tuesday morning, how comes around, and um, this is it. We're 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 hearing she's she's going to resign. She's going to touch down in Darwin. She's going to hold a press conference at Parliament House shortly after, and she's going to resign. And uh, sure enough, that's what she did. And she came in, and she well, one, I was there. And you were there. And I was there. You were there, Chris. Yeah, and I was there because I'd heard about this, so I went. I just went down, and I thought, okay, well, I'll try and get in. And, um, yeah, like I said, I don't know if security were just having fun and thinking, oh, well, she's not (laughs) going to be chief minister five minutes from now. Let's just let him up. But I said, you know, does someone have to come down and get me? And they said, "Ah, just go up there. You know where it is. They said, we'll we'll buzz you in the door that's locked.
1: Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: So I I walk in and I walk down the hall to the LC room and I just want to keep, you know, quiet. And this, this isn't about me. Um, But I did want to see this, and if if I could ask a question or two, I wanted to do that. But uh, So I, I walk in the door, and I just kind of stand at the back, and then somebody sees me, a couple of the journalists sees me, and it gets very loud and raucous in there, and everyone said, hey, Chris, hey, hey, hey. Did they lift the ban? I said, geez, I don't know, guys. I just walked in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> just slipped through security. I just
1: wandered in here. I got no idea what's yeah, going on. And then they
0: had told me that, like, after I had showed up at the, uh, the construction site a few weeks ago, that they were IDing everybody and doing all kinds of tough security measures to make sure no one got through. But I guess, look, and then, you know, I'm talking to everybody, all these journalists, and, uh, and, uh, then this, this woman on my left is there, and I don't recognize her. And then, um, Matt Cunningham had said, well, what happened to her? And I said, yeah, I saw her run down the hall. I said, I don't know who that is. He said, oh, it's an advisor to uh, to Files. And I said, oh, okay, well, now here we go. They're gonna bring the security guards in and uh, try and drag me out. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't know what was gonna happen, but uh, no, she came back and she said, no, look, uh, they're coming down the hall now. So the press conference went ahead. Files looked at me when she came in she hadn't done that at the construction site. I think it was a bit of, you know, I'm not going to remove you. Like, fair enough. You you got me on this. Like, this is something that I should have mm, done. And that tip of the hat. And that was, um, yeah, that was kind of what she stuck to here. So she said the failure to disclose was an error on my behalf. I don't have any excuse. It was not deliberate. It was not intentional, but it's unacceptable. I can assure Territorians that no decision I've ever made has been influenced by that small shareholding, but high standards are expected from people holding high office as they should be. It is clear that I failed to meet the standards that I set for myself, and I'm not going to make any excuse for that. I believe the honorable course of action is to resign as chief minister." So that's what she did. Now, mm-hmm. that that word honorable, where she said that... that I believe the honorable course of action i was thinking when that came out i was like no i think you better pick that up and put that back in your mouth i'm not sure you're allowed to use the word honorable the way you've (laughs) behaved in these 19 months later uh she's been anything but honorable so she she resigns says she's not living up to the standards and then says she's going to stick around for a while uh, because she cares too much for the territory and after a short break in the new year, I'll return as a fierce and forceful member of the Territory Labour team and get back to my first job in politics. And that is, I guess, you know, being the member for Nightcliff. Um and so she's she's on yeah. the backbench now, but she's not living up to the standards of elected officials which she just said, and then decides, Well, but I can still be the MLA for Nightcliff. It's
1: and classic I don't files. Mean to cause I don't mean to cause any, uh, you know, issues between people, but you would have seen this, and it's—I uh, guess—it's on the public record, so to speak. But uh, was it the NT Independent Facebook page, where a certain Richard Ralph came out and very rightly pointed out that, um, well, hang on, you—you haven't lived up to the standards. It's uh, not good enough for a. Chief Minister to behave the way you have, but it's okay to sit as the member of Nightcliffe?
0: Yeah, yeah, no.
1: I, I just I don't think anyone's buying. Well, that. I don't think anyone's buying that. At no,
0: and it, it was very strange because it was reminiscent of exactly what Gunnar did. Yet again, like this, this is a, a politician yeah. who was elected. She was uh, well by her caucus to be the chief minister, and when she did, she came in and she said. Yeah, I'm going to blaze my own trail in this. I'm going to do my own thing, put my own mark on it. As you said, turned into a stain. Uh, <laughs> and that's for sure. Um, but but she for everything that she said, she just did not do, and she just kept it as a gunner. She just kept on gunner's path here. And so even with this, to, to resign from chief minister and say she's going to hang out in the lobby a bit more, like we know that... <laughs> We know that the gunner did that because he was trying to get Madison and he wanted some, some sway in, in, in caucus over that. And then that blew up in his face. And so two months later he left. So I'm not sure what's going to happen here. I think it's pretty clear that files wanted Madison as well and that that didn't happen that Madison's career really is over uh, with two rejections from our own team to be leader. Yeah. Uh But files, but what does files do now? Like I, I think you'd see her go. I don't, I, I can't see that she's going to stick around. I mean, this is still hanging over her, uh, there's still an ICAC investigation to get through that we'll get to in a minute, but um, uh, it seemingly that he is investigating the referral. We know that she was referred for these conflicts of interest and for this murky, murky contract with Richardson. Yeah. That's very much needs to be explored and examined because some has gone on where she's using taxpayer money to hire this guy on a contract for purely like election stuff to, to, to help her win the election. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't see how she how she continues, really, in this role. But, you know, as of now, she seems to be telling the public that she's going to run this member for Nycliffe again. I don't think she'll make it that far. I don't think that'll happen.
1: No. Do you think – is the party powerful enough or is there a mechanism in place for them to say, hey, hang on, you can't resign as chief minister telling us how shocking a job you did and, you know, covering things up and then suddenly – sit in the role and stay there is there any way they can remove her
0: uh well that's interesting yeah look um yeah, boot her out of caucus. Well, they did it to Turner, didn't they? Yeah. So they could boot that's her true. right out of caucus. Yep. Uh, Despite him having nothing to answer for, apparently. According to Natasha Files, he did nothing wrong, and so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that he has either. Yeah. But she's the one who cleared him of any wrongdoing, and then goes around criticizing him <laughs> and saying you can't trust him. Well, I think Territorians know well, that they can't we'll- trust her now. That's for sure.
1: And maybe all they need to do, Chris, given what we've seen happen over the last 18 months or so, maybe just the rest of the party now needs to just say she's no longer in the circle of trust, and <laughs> then it's all it, done and dusted.
0: It. That's it. And the whole, yeah, and the whole circle of power has been really smashed and disbanded and crushed yeah. over this, this Gunner, Gunnar, and Files thing. So, yeah, look, politics just gets weirder and weirder here, but uh, but she was gone. She actually resigned, and um, she was gone, and I'm still not sure that that's all sinking in, but uh, it yeah. happened somewhat quickly. I knew Monday,
1: I just knew it was all going to happen, and I'll tell you why, Chris. Mm. You You've broken lots of great stories over the last couple of years, and, you know, from time to time, other outlets will pick up on them, as you know, Sometimes they will mention the NT Independent, more often than not they won't, and the, the dissemination of the information gets out there, but you guys haven't been credited enough for the good work you've done. I got up, I started doing my normal day's work, as is normally happens, some sort of notification goes off on my phone, I open it up, it didn't matter where I turned, it didn't matter where I turned. Sky News... Uh, news corporation abc i even saw something on yahoo news which is a you know a source that sort of collates news and spreads it out there they don't write a lot themselves every single one of them credited the nt independent and i thought this is going to go now plus they had channel nine at adelaide airport asking a question and i thought the arrogance in which she oh sorry sydney i thought the arrogance at which she walked past them and wouldn't even well look yeah at yeah them
0: we, or acknowledge we, we we played that video that was uh liam Mendes at the australian who actually did that yep. the australian was doing that so the yeah. But, and so and he and he had said, are you going to resign because of this NT independent story that shows you have shares? Yeah. And so 32 that you didn't disclose the NT independent. I think you yeah. mentioned us a couple of times. I know Liam met him at the NT media awards and at the Walkley Awards last month. And he's a good reporter. And uh, we ran that. And he had told me the story about that, too. He said, look. He said, I went up to her because he said, I know that she was coming back from a funeral the day before. So he said, I went up and I said, hi, I'm Liam from the Australian. And she just turned and ignored me. And he said, look, I understand that you were here for some family stuff. I'm terribly sorry for your loss. However, I do need to ask you some questions. I hope you can appreciate that. And uh, apparently she didn't, this Qantas employee, he grabbed, grabbed her, Qantas employee and started taking her somewhere secret and so he thought well i better start asking questions now so he, he pulled out his phone and started yeah. asking questions he was trying to be as respectful as he could and and just say to her look why don't you just answer some questions and then i'll go but yeah the questions she, were fine. She, she didn't even treat him like a human being <laughs> like, like she had uh, form she for doing not- and, yeah.
1: and I just thought the arrogance of that person to behave like that as as a voted official right We're not talking about uh, you know a rock star who's got themselves caught up in a scandal you were voted for by the people yeah. so you better damn well answer questions when it comes down to this sort of controversy yeah, yeah. and I just thought I thought they're in trouble. I also thought that this was the um, uh, the skeptical side of me. I thought the way that it was written, in in most of the cases was, you know, that uh, the Chief Minister allegedly owns this many shares in South 32. According to the NT Independent, right? And I thought, you buggers, you're not even taking ownership of that. You're saying, well, if it's not true, it's the NT (laughs) Independent.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, that's just silliness at the end of the day because, yeah, we had seen the shares. I mean, we knew. But yeah, that my other question on that video though, and from Sydney was like, what does Qantas have? Like, what kind of secret doors do they have for like people in scandals? People engulfed in scandals yeah. have secret entrances at airports. The Qantas will take you to if you're under fire.
1: Well, as you know, that's uh, kind of weird. Their former CEO yeah. needed to find the back doors regularly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do have a chairman's lounge, yeah. and I think
0: she would be. No, a she. Well, of that. according, interesting enough, according to her register of members' interest, she is a member of. the oh, She has not yeah, disclosed yeah. that, and she did.
1: I only learned that the other week because all, basically, all uh, political leaders of all parties. Um, to a certain point, they all get offered it automatically. But if she's flying domestic, which she would have been, um, I mean, she could easily go to the Qantas Club or something like that. But if she was being whisked
0: off nah, to a secret, secret door, scandal door, that
1: employee... Nah didn't know where it was because all they were doing is walking down the main, <laughs> yeah. the
0: main hall nah, and then it was there was a latch there was a trap door or something i i don't know but she she disappeared quickly <laughs> and the, the smoke bomb was dropped liam mendez yeah. was disoriented for a few <laughs> seconds and when he turned around she was gone <laughs> uh, and he woke up in pain. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so uh, yeah look it, it was weird that day she resigned but here and here's the thing yeah just i get back to what i was saying earlier did you expect that i was asked and no i didn't expect the labor party to completely collapse or this labor government to completely collapse over this but that's what happened
1: correct and and what a great intro to the next story because uh, uh, as as you know um when I was going through all the headlines of the week and coming up with the order for how we'd put these tonight, this, this particular, um, headline regarding the dissension into chaos. Once the chief minister had resigned, Mm -hmm. it was fascinating to watch and to listen. And obviously talking to people like yourself and others in the background, um,
0: To describe it as this is getting messy really is an understatement. (laughs) Yeah, look, that was one of the party sources we spoke to. Uh, Yeah, and and it was, and it was getting messy. (sighs) Uh, Look, it did descend into chaos. There was political instability as soon as files left. Like I said, it was this house of cards came crashing down. Here's the thing that I took away from this, though, and and I was thinking about this, is that in the end here, or when this happened, the end of Falls's career, uh, labor territory labor had become what they hated the most. The previous Giles CLP government, <laughs> and you know how often would they would they you know trash the current CLP and, and bring that up, that government up, and all the dysfunction and the cabinet reshuffles and the changes of chief minister, the political instability. Well, as of Tuesday evening, Tuesday afternoon and into uh, Wednesday and all day Wednesday, that was exactly the feeling that I had that it was back in 2015 when I'm covering Giles and the CLP and all of their antics Mm. and the political instability and the infighting, you know, the the failed midnight coup to roll Giles and then Giles stood his ground in the party room and they retained (laughs) because they hadn't counted the numbers right. Like, this is, like, what yeah. the Paul Madison's <laughs> taking notes from. You know, don't count the numbers, right? Put out a, a statement about how you're going to be the chief before you have the numbers. Like, that was just yeah, as yeah. silly and stupid as anything the CLP would have Rookie done. Rookie mistake. Yeah, and she's been in too long. So, so it does. It goes into chaos. The different factions are openly fighting. This is open warfare in the party room. The, you know, it had emerged that the, this wildcard ticket of, of of Lawler and Paik was on the table. Meanwhile, a lot of people I think were thinking that Madison's the front runner and the assumed, the presumed next chief minister. Uh, but then what had happened overnight when I heard that on the Tuesday was that was that that the um, that Lawler and Chansey Pake were gonna do this and that they had the numbers and then you wake up to find the phones has his messages saying now the unions have got involved now they want joel bowden they only want joel bowden and like, well, who's he going to run with like who's his deputy they only want <laughs> joel bowden and it was like what did joel say i was just gonna there's no gonna be de- no deputy for me. It's I'll just, yeah, back it's just me i'll take both paychecks <laughs> Uh, I don't know, I don't know. And then they were, looking and I talked to some sources who were in the unions who were saying, look, uh, we think Joel's the clean skin to lead the party now. He hasn't been involved yeah. in as much.
1: It does make yeah, sense. Yeah, he doesn't
0: have the baggage that, that Lawler and Chansey do, that's for sure. Mm. Um, they're all complicit, Pete, in what they each and every one of them have done, though.
1: Well, they've all been in
0: the room. Yeah, and, and look, is, we, we talked about this that. This
1: is why Joel seemed the natural pick for me not that what i think counts but i just thought he's the one guy yes he's had a cabinet role but only for such a short time or ministry but just for a very short time but all the others there's got to be a question mark about what they did and didn't know there has to be
0: yeah uh, and about all kinds of things right and um and look i still bring up that investigation into the 2020 campaign and uh the nobody we went to every single mla and said well who's going to say anything about this and nobody said anything and that's what i'm telling you when you're covering up crimes for each other we we got a really serious problem and it's no longer a political party or a government it's a criminal syndicate when you're covering up for each other (laughs) so Look, yeah, I, I think that the their choices were slim here <laughs> of, of exactly who they had who could do this. I think, remember, Eva wasn't happy last time. Joel had, had tried to put it forward saying that he didn't have enough experience. You know, it was reported and uh, it seems to be something like that happened again this time that she's maybe made some sort of deal with Chancey Paik although again like i said i asked her at the press conference today will give us the details of this deal and she denied and rejected the assertion that there was a deal at all mm. saying that no deal for you that, yeah that everybody had just come up to her and wanted her to do it but we know that Madison wanted because she for some reason was the only one who put out a public statement again
1: i know that all the clp members went up to her and said they wanted her to the chair.
0: <laughs> well look well you bring that up right so uh this is what we talked about a few weeks ago, that they're not going to move on her because they don't want the job. And the CLP wasn't doing anything because yeah. they thought she'd be pretty easy to beat at the next election. Now, what they didn't yeah. count on was that they were going to be given a gift like this. Yeah, true. The Lawler would come out. Now, we'll see what she does. But I'm telling you, that press conference today was not a good start. And... Um, yeah anyway but but yeah all of this factional infighting is going on it looked like it wasn't going to be resolved until thursday uh but then around five thirty six o'clock on wednesday night the statement goes out from lawler that she is the chief minister and then she'll be sworn in and it was a unanimous vote so that meant that the party wasn't involved you know because if it, if it was yeah. two candidates and the and the uh, caucus couldn't be unanimous on it it would go to the rank and file but i was talking to somebody this week it was saying yeah and it also goes to postal votes oh, so really? you're looking at a long time to get this sort of yeah, yeah. so really i mean it's almost if ever. yeah so they had to get it done internally so they did and uh, i guess we won't know exactly how that went down though i'm sure we'll hear some stories from yeah. people inside but, uh, yeah, that was it. That was the wheeling and dealing. It happened. Now, w- one of my sources was saying that, look, this is, this all came about to like how, how, uh, Yvonne Chansey are involved here is that it's Chansey got all the indigenous members of caucus on side. And so counting him, there's five. So the idea was expect, okay. expect a, uh, you know, higher portfolios Bigger promotions for these people Which goes to the fact of d Ran Young becoming Speaker uh, d you now
1: Could get confrontational On the uh, on the uh, floor of Parliament House Now with question yeah, yeah. With d Ran's, you know He doesn't mind offering up a Fisticuffs or two He threatened, threatened
0: Burgoyne when he was a staffer You watch what you're saying, <laughs> punk <laughs> Something like that But he has like an <laughs> feminine. Watch what you're saying, punk <laughs> um, and then nobody's really threatened Now the other guy that they're A bit
1: like Eddie Murphy copying Michael Jackson <laughs> Is that what he sounds like?
0: The other guy that they're probably all afraid of Manuel Killer Brown Now Manuel Brown <laughs> uh, We don't know where he went But now look he would have been part of that whole support But he's not going anywhere Like he's not getting a promotion to anything This guy would be lucky if he's no. pre-selected again Next time after his shenanigans but, uh, so anyway, but look, it seems like that <laughs> yeah. happened that they had that core, they had Eva, they needed one, two more people, which clearly they did very easily. And, but here's the thing about that. When the unions came in and they started saying, no, well, we want Joel Bowden, look, they can put a lot of pressure on these party, on these yeah. MLAs. And one is, you know, by running the pre selections for the party. You don't really want to run afoul of people who are doing that, but even worse than that, or maybe more importantly, or crucial for them is that these the, the unions are the ones who help out at the campaign, organizing campaign, paying for campaign materials. At times, like you know, they they do carry a lot of of clout and influence in the party. Uh, yeah. But that was what one of our sources was saying. If pay could hold the support of labor's indigenous MLAs in the face of the union's pressure, um, this could still be alive. And that was the story we went with on Wednesday afternoon, like 3 o'clock. And then 5.30, 6 o'clock, it came out that it very much was alive. And, Lawler, and Lawler is the new chief minister. Good timing for you. Um, yeah, well, I had to pull the other story down because just on Facebook, is still on the <laughs> site. But I just didn't want to confuse people because... You only had a couple yeah, yeah. hours where it was still kind of up in the air and yeah. then it happened so um yeah look i i yeah I, <laughs> it's so funny anti-politics sometimes and uh, you know the cliche about a week in politics been a long time but yeah. it's uh to 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 see how this just all came crumbling down around i, I wasn't like i said i wasn't expecting that but this is what happens when you lie and you deceive and you cheat and you, and you try and trick the public and yep. you disrespect democratic processes. You disrespect the free press. I mean, you, they did so many things. Um, which look, we're, we're not through this either. Like it, it just feels like somebody was asking me, does it feel like, you know, the fog has lifted over Gotham City? And I was thinking <laughs> and they were <laughs> referencing an excuse me. It's clown town, thank you. Yeah. Referencing the, the old thing in Crux in the Cabinet, where I think Ben had written that it was mm. uh, a frontier Gotham City with all these relationships. Uh, <laughs> somebody asked, Did the, does it feel like the, the fog's lifted? I'm like, yeah, but it's still kind of Gotham City, and you know it's going to come back again. And I, it's just an uneasy feeling that I have right now about all of this. And... Mm makes sense we'll see what happens but it's the same government and i get people's points saying well you know it's just yeah files gone now it'll be lawler but it's the same government and the same attitude and the same arrogance and the same no solutions yeah. for the big issues now lawler said crime and cost of living were her biggest issues and that she was going to address it yeah. i didn't hear any great plan today that they haven't thrown out before that hasn't worked in the past seven years now you know and then she's got potter like a lot of this continuity stuff is for continuity and stability but at the same time they're pushing the same old agendas that gunner and files came up with in fact yeah somebody who i talked to a source in the party last week was saying look even you go back and you look at their policies right now they're the same as 2016 they haven't updated anything of their official parties policy for the party so um yeah i'm i'm just here i mean we get back to the beginning where i said i'm cautiously optimistic about the ban being lifted on us i think that's good if eva follows that line of action where she does the exact opposite of (laughs) what files and and gunner did yeah then she will do better conceivably but then again is she the right person i mean i guess we're going to have to see, but I, I know that it's going to get difficult. It's going to get difficult, and we will be there holding her accountable to the public the same way we did with the others, except now we're going to get to ask her questions directly, which I think,
1: Direct. yeah,
0: we'll be... Um, will <laughs> be interesting Pete and you know there's there's still some it stuff will. like I said there's still some stuff lingering around here that we need answers for
1: Well the reality is too Chris if the uh, actions are the same as what's been going on for the last few years then there will be problems because we, we you've only got to look at the action for Alice Page to see the summer of fun in Alice Springs is out of control and getting worse and Crime, crime's the big one. In fact, I saw, um, I've been reading a lot of the comments this week. I've been really, really uh, interested in the various uh, publications and Facebook and all of the comments. And it's really interesting. I saw, I think it was on the NT Independent Facebook page, Uh, one of the stories that you put up there, and there was lots of comments. I thought, okay, I'm going to read these. And basically it was just one person after another just trashing the government for all sorts of things, and and all of them, you know, valid Mm. reasons. It wasn't just uh, for the sake of causing mischief. But then there's this one guy, I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Tom. And Tom gets on and says, oh, well, I can see which way – you guys are all politically aligned based on your comments. (laughs) So I thought, oh, I've got to read the responses. And one after one, it was like, mate, you want to see what's been going on here for the last few years. And if you think this newspaper's politically aligned against the current government you might want to get yourself a copy of a little book called crocs in the cabinet and then you'll see it's not about political uh you know being aligned to a political persuasion it's about keeping them honest on both sides yeah
0: yeah well look that that sounds like a comment from somebody who's not from the territory because i that's exactly because yeah, no one else because anyone here who's lived through this uh it if it, it it goes past beyond party lines here this distrust and this anger towards the government this antipathy because of the government's failure to act on the crime issues as we know and the, the economy's still faltering yeah cost of living stuff and now we've got these serious integrity issues that have been brought up that make this government again you know we talk about how they came in saying we're going to restore integrity to government work uh, and now yeah. and now look files goes down one of the the leading architects of that next to gunner yeah. who was saying that at the time in opposition goes down over an integrity yep. scandal an ethical scandal so yeah look looked the the, the the territory labor like i was on national radio program and they were asking me and i and I said, look, I, I honestly think the territory labor brand is severely damaged over all of this, and it will yep. take about as long as the CLP did to recover, and if they're even recovering, and you know, there's still issues about that. But but yeah, the damage that the, the Gunner and Files have done to the Labor Party is immeasurable. Uh It it, it has, I think, damaged the brand. Here for a long time, and when you see those kind of comments that are going like that, that uh, yeah, that, it was so strong. yeah, it, it, it really yeah, was. It's not political, really. It's just the reality here, and um, and that yeah. people were like that I angry. Didn't read them as in 2016, they were that angry, but about the CLP. Yeah. So look, I'd be interested to yeah. see that next polling that Redbridge does, right? Because. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see if, like, bringing Eva Lawler in has affected anything. I, you might get a little bit of a bump, but, like, I think that the issues, once, you know, Christmas and the New Year here is over and everyone's back in February, that, um, mm. that the, 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 the harsh realities will come out. And I think we're going to see the same waffling, the same deflections, and the same inability to, uh, well, in, in Lawler's case, might be an inability to articulate, any, t- any type of plan or course of action that will be different yeah. from what's being done that has been shown not to work and I, uh, yeah. yeah and people are going to be just as frustrated then and we, we'll see what happens I mean maybe she surprises us all with something I don't know but I wouldn't hold yeah. my breath for that right now and I just because this is the same old party that just this does so much remind me of the dying days of the Giles CLP government and this party's become yeah. the thing they despise the most and it's all over them now and they're, they're, their brand is damaged for a long time in the Northern Territory.
1: And if there isn't wholesale change, like if, if there isn't a, a complete change to the approach in crime, if there isn't, you know, change seen across the board uh, regarding the economy and the way they're dealing with the chronic overspending when it comes to public servants yeah. and things like yeah. that. It'll take about eight minutes for people to say, "Okay, same old crap." Let's uh,
0: and I let's do what we're going to do. And I think that that's been raised by people too, with who have concerns about Chancy Pake and the, his involvement and his influence on Files with the stronger futures. Well, the alcohol ban in yeah. Central Australia—we should call it what it is—and that he let that mm. lapse and put nothing in and told Files it's racist. You can't do any. That's a racist policy. So then she started saying that, but that's on him. And things got really yep. bad there. If you remember the prime minister. Had and that to, worked out well. Yeah, too, come in and tell them, no, you're putting, you're instituting the, the ban again on alcohol. And what the hell were you guys yeah. thinking here? Like, this is not racist. This is practical. This is what needs to be done yeah. to protect the community. And so, Chancey's going to wear a lot of that. And you're not going to see, I don't think those changes either. Like, this is still, Chancey had the year of files. He's clearly got the year of Lawler now. So... I don't see a lot of change mm. in there. He's the Attorney General. He's got a lot to do in this space, but a lot of people are still mm. angry with him for that and for not doing his job properly.
1: As, as they should be. And so, meanwhile, Chris, we have the uh, former Chief Minister resign. We have infighting and chaos ensues with who's going to be the uh, next Chief Minister. We get a Chief Minister picked and a deputy and the team's refreshed. <laughs> meanwhile... The ICAC decides to wade into things and uh, issues a warning to NT politicians to disclose all conflicts after Files' resignation. With leaving this little chestnut for everyone to think about. Disclosure would be wise.
0: (laughs) Classic riches. Classic riches. Disclosure (laughs) would be wise. Here's Here's a little pressure for you to read. For you <laughs> yeah, know. and here's a link. To a, up a bit. Here's a link to a video I did called. <laughs> he's known for his videos now. Called Disclosure is Wise. <laughs> anyway, look, yeah, Pete. Look, we did this up because I thought it was a bit extraordinary. But I also there. Look, there's a couple of reasons here. So what he did was he put out a statement, warning territory politicians and suggesting that they disclose all of their conflicts now to him directly. Um, which was a little unusual. And he said, like, look, this is there's no... O-
1: Maybe he doesn't have much on...
0: Chris. Yeah, there's no... Obli- well, I'll get to that in a sec. There's no obligation to do so. I invite all members of the Legislative Assembly to proactively disclose to me any financial or personal interests that may conflict, may be perceived to conflict, or may potentially conflict with their official duties uh not with not that he said i think such proactive disclosure would be wise notwithstanding that those disclosures may have been made in other forums uh and it did not only apply to politicians his little invitation slash warning there it also uh mm. all public officers which he's urging to also now the question though about this is what the hell is he doing two year two hours after <laughs> files goes i mean on one hand you're thinking does he have something on somebody else like what is he getting at? <laughs> but then you know and then other people yeah. were saying yeah but is this just some sort of relevance deprivation thing where you know he said well and i asked this right like so we've done this investigation we're, we've done our job as journalists and i've said that the whole time and people want to say oh you know you took down chief minister it's like well I'm just doing my job. I'm I'm holding politicians accountable to the public that elected them. That's what I've said in media all week. And it's true. But what the hell is this guy doing? Because he's not doing his job. Now, we know that he's been investigating Gunner and the travel word stuff for like two years, Pete. Two years. Mm. Like I told you one other time, it was something like he spent six months on something and said, now there's no point pursuing it. I would know that in six hours. If that was worth pursuing or not, like I honestly have no idea what this man is doing. You know, we we, you know, our investigative reporting got to the place where files resigned, and that we had uh, raised a lot of integrity issues and a lot of of, of undisclosed conflicts of interest, uh, serious matters that affect our democracy. And we did that all in a month, and this guy's got two years,
1: and that's with very minimal staff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well who us <laughs> yeah. yeah as opposed well, yeah, to this the, guy you with know. his 14 15 million dollar budget or whatever it is 30 million something yeah. i don't know what we've spent on him overall so far but yeah like what the honest to god the hell is going on there so then he puts this out mm. well while everybody's talking about holding politicians to account i will put out a statement saying disclose things well they should know that i mean here, it, as it is my primary drug. you know here's what's funny and i and i wonder about his education thing remember he, he likes to talk about how he wants to it's all about education Yep. files was well we know files was referred to the igac but back at estimates hearings in june so back at estimates in june files revealed that riches had provided her cabinet team with a briefing about how to handle conflicts of interest Just previous Mm. to that, to this June meeting, it is important to be aware, this is Files said, it is important to be aware of how you would manage it and what is a conflict, Files said, in Parliament in June, um, you can always keep educating yourself, she said.
1: Just on that, right, one of the things that got really frustrating towards the end, because she was constantly being quoted by different outlets, was her way that she tried to tell people how... You manage a conflict, or how you deal with disclosing <laughs> things. It's just like this. This is not a school and a classroom that you need to talk down to us like we're complete morons. Saying, "Oh, you've got to disclose your car." Yes.
0: And your yeah. Yeah. That's how she did it. Yeah. These- yeah.
1: Oh my God! Stop talking to me like that.
0: And look, at the end of the day, it's Territorians who recognize what a conflict of interest was before she did. right and yeah correct and she's been educated by the icac so then too i wonder like well what the hell is he telling them or how did it not get through to her um so anyway i don't know rich is saying come forward maybe he's got something on people maybe he doesn't what the hell is he doing he's got to come out and do something this is just getting ridiculous that how long this has gone on i
1: thought chris when i saw it i thought and i'm not you know making disparaging comments I don't know if this is fact or whether this is just my fertile, creative mind. Mm. But I thought sort of the next sentence after that, you know, come and see me and if you'd like to disclose any conflicts, then I'm always here. I was just waiting for him to say, the kettle's on and I'll have a biscuit for you (laughs) as well.
0: (laughs) It does seem like yeah something very quaint that we don't we need we don't need that we need we need a sheriff in town who's going to hold people accountable and dig up facts and 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 get get results for people to restore people's faith in democracy which is even more shattered following this government's latest integrity crisis here and um Anyway, we'll see, we'll see what goes on. I mean, look, at the, the, the end of the day and the end of the week, the end of the year, um, getting those messages from a lot of people around the country was pretty good, um, about people oh, saying like, you know, thank you for what you guys do at the NT Independent. And, um, you know, and then, and like I've, I've had to talk to journalists about all kinds of things, <laughs> all kinds of things. But one is the frustration that a lot of them get sometimes when they're trying really hard and they're, getting good stories up, but this government doesn't listen and nothing happens. And uh, it's just like, Mm -hmm. why do we keep going? And I said, well, just we always do, because there will be a breakthrough. There will be a moment. And I remember one of the speeches at the Walkley Awards from the uh, reporter, Joanne, at the Newcastle Herald was exposing the child, the uh, sexual abuse in the Catholic church. And she was saying about how nobody was listening to her for a long time. And she kept reporting and kept reporting and it became corrosive for her, you know, and um, but you've got to keep going as journalists. That's what we do. And, uh, and you keep telling those stories and the public need to hear those things. And then finally something happens and you keep pushing it, though, because it's the right thing to do and the mm. public needs to know. And that's kind of what, what, what it felt like this week was yeah. we've pushed it and we've pushed it. But like I was telling you, I mean, it's <coughs> not like I sit around thinking like, well, you know, isn't that great that the files is gone? I mean, I'm, I've am i been working on things so hard that I'm on a different level than anyone else on this right like my perspective on this is because i've just been working hard and keeping my head down and i'm still working hard and i'm still now we've got Lawler in right like there's no space here it's like people need to know what's going on and there's so much other stuff that that they don't get to see that i'm working on and i'm trying my best to get it to a point where we can publish it and and sometimes that takes a little while but but yeah that's just what you have to do as a journalist and you just keep pushing. And some days you have this where, you know, and somebody had asked me that on, on, I think Liz because on drive on ABC, Darwin saying, you know, isn't this good though that, you know, there is some accountability here finally. And I said, well, yeah, but we've had to pull them kicking and screaming into this position of accountability or accepting accountability because this is something that is so foreign to to this government accountability responsibility these are not concepts that these people understand and so what does it take i mean it's it's taken years of like constantly reporting on all of these breaches and all of these issues and then finally you know it, it catches up to them but Yeah, and that was it. It just finally caught up to them. A lot of greed, a lot of arrogance, a lot of things caught up to files um, and the party. But, yeah, and so you just got to keep going. You just keep pushing it. You keep bringing it up so the public knows. And and sooner or later, something has to happen, and we saw that this week finally.
1: Yeah, And, and just an addendum to that because, as you say, look, largely it's the same chess pieces in place they might be, have just moved around a little bit. You know, it's worth noting that while maybe it wasn't possible, maybe it wasn't uh, politically advantageous, uh, until this week, um, I'm sure there's other members of the government who were thinking, oh, my God, we're doing a rubbish job, particularly when the poll results came out a few weeks yeah. ago, scandal after scandal after scandal. But obviously it was time where... Maybe they were looking for an excuse to push the previous chief minister out the door, but as you've said previously, well, who wants the job yeah. really? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like it, it, there's, there's a lot of motivations that m- may have come into play and I'm sure there must be some sort of satisfaction in the fact that what you printed and what you wrote, got that result it's not a personal thing it's not that you don't like that particular person so you want them out yeah, what you want is for the government to show some integrity and they should be self-examining in that situation anyway and going hang on this doesn't pass the pub test we can't do this
0: if they if they and sort it yeah, out he absolutely right look if they had started doing this when they got elected <clears throat> like you say to to do that self-reflection like i remember gunner was going down a path early on where i was writing a column in the anti-news saying he's quickly losing the the clean skin that he needs to enact this integrity change that he's talking about <laughs> um and and it just kind of continued and then like i said files is just on it's a culture it's a culture at the of the territory of labor that was so toxic that um mm. that they thought that they could get away with that and that there was never going to be any accountability because they just kept refusing to accept it but it got to a point where you know that template that uh, that their advisor had pointed out to us all in his column charlie phillips's name and he had said uh, you know it's, they use this template every time for a scandal delay deny cover up and accept no responsibility we started to think yeah. by monday that There was no way for her to actually implement this this time, that 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 had run its course, that no one was going to believe her if she said it was an oversight, Uh, that she was done. Now, they were asked, Eva Lawler was asked today, who put their hand on on Files' shoulder and said, this is it, you're done. She said it was Files herself. I don't know. Um, It may very well be. But the, the
1: Could have been that four-hour flight from Sydney that, uh, you know, drew some reflection time and it
0: yeah. seemed no She way was else. in a secret scandal room somewhere, and that's what they have there. They have a whole questionnaire for people. Why are you in the secret airport scandal <laughs> it's, room?
1: It's a whole lot of cameras when you're looking at yourself <laughs> yeah. on
0: screen. The questions <laughs> are just meant for self-reflection, maybe. Like, why do you think you're here? <laughs> do you think you did anything to deserve this scandal that you're wrapped up in? I don't know, um, but but at the end of the day, like I said, though, they had to be drag-kicking and screaming to it by me continuing mm. us at the Independent continuing to report what they were doing, and um, finally something yep. happened, so um, we'll see what happens next because we just keep going. We're going to take a break for Christmas, thank God. I need a, yeah, a yeah. few weeks off, yep. and we're going to shut down, but then, Refresh. Yep, and then we'll see what happens.
1: Makes total sense. And Chris, um, look, uh, I... I just want to say that uh, although we've played no part in actually these things that you've been doing other than just talking to you each week and listening in amazement at the stories that you guys crank out week after week um, it's it's been a real pleasure uh, to watch over the last few years uh, you know these this paper that's run with minimal staff and you know has has really done it tough the entire time. Um, I read your article today about, uh, you know, it appears we may be able to attend press conferences. And as I said earlier, uh, I think that those that were behind the decisions to ban you and all that must be just thinking to themselves right about now, well, how did that work out? But I really do commend you on your doggedness, your tenaciousness, and your ability to just be able to sniff something out because really that's what it is you know and it's funny when you were talking about bhp before and their various spin-offs i got some insight into how you think in that very limited situation because you'd obviously worked out well if there's one spin-off and there's others and if she hasn't declared one lot then what's the chances that she hasn't declared others And that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, and then we, it's an insight into what you do. Yeah. And
0: then we just had to follow it up. I mean, we were obligated to, and it it took a long time to organize. It was a real chore, but, but we had to do it. We, We had to follow it up. And like I said, I didn't think that she had them in the end. I thought, no she couldn't have yeah. deceived the public like this she would have well, got rid thought, of them but <laughs> then we found oh no she, they were on that share register and we thought well this is it for her but you never know then either yeah. because you think she's going to keep fighting in line but like i said it just got to that point where it, it was untenable anymore and so yeah. Um, but yeah no pete yeah, yeah and I, I appreciate you letting me come on here and we do this every week and uh uh it's it's fun in a way and it's therapy in a way and it's um like we're mm. laughing about yeah but, um, yeah, I always like to win that where I can explain a little bit behind the scenes of what goes on, because as much as I, you know, like holding politicians accountable, I believe that I got to be held accountable for what I do, too. And so, you know, I'm always happy to come on here and explain that. And you ask questions and we talk about the issues. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes that gets into kind of behind the scenes of how things have come out and how it's all played yeah. out. And I get to tell some more stories here that I can't fit into the, the paper. So, yeah, no, I've, I've really enjoyed doing that with you. And, uh, and thanks for that opportunity.
1: Well, it's been good. Obviously, we've had a year of transition because uh, our old mate had to step off and, you know, uh, rise up the ranks in, in what he's doing with uh, the LAW stuff. And so it was just this idiot left to sit and talk to you week after week um perhaps sometimes with not the same sort of insight that my old mate leon last used to like to dig down on but um i I love the interaction we have uh, both with some of the nt independent readers Mm -hmm. and the territory story listeners they're they're very active at you know tagging us in things and Telling us that they're looking forward to listening this week because of what's happened, or you know, making comments in in various sections of your paper or other papers and mm-hmm. and and media outlets. And um, the one thing that I sort of gained out of this week and was interesting, I mentioned before with that fella that was saying, "Oh, well, we can tell where you're all politically aligned." The one thing that I read into that wasn't that at all. It was that Territorians are passionate about the territory and they want to see the best, and they don't like being lied to or taken advantage of, and they, they don't like the fact that a lot of the territory being left to go to rack and ruin. <laughs> and that the people who are currently charged with fixing that are simply not doing their job, and they don't like that That's at all.
0: Absolutely, Pete. Yeah, well said. I, I I think a lot of Territorians will agree with that. And also, they don't like corruption either, so don't be corrupt. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: Correct. And, Chris, on that note, I'm going to get you just to hold there for a sec.
0: And now... It's time for The Job Files, thanks to no one in particular.
1: And... I'm going to give you what I like to call the most eagerly anticipated section <laughs> segment of the week. Mm-hmm. Not sure everybody agrees with me on that. I just wanted to read something to you first because we are coming into Christmas, as you know, and it really must be the season of giving at the moment. Mm-hmm. This is not the Job Files Job of the Week, and we're going to have to think of a new name for it, Chris, so <laughs> I'm going to need you to
0: yeah, help me out right. there come next year. The, the <laughs> yeah, Lawler Law Blog. Law job of the week. <laughs> we'll figure it out.
1: But what I what we'll figure it out. What came into my inbox this week was an absolute plethora of high-powered, high-paid Northern Territory government jobs, <laughs> and I'm not going to read them all out in their entirety. But we've got marketing assistants, we've got executive directors, we've got communications officers. <laughs> We've got uh, operational support service directors and even a director for the NT of the Wide Priority Reform Implementation for the Department of Health. I read that job because it pays a measly (laughs) $221,884, but yeah, there's there's jobs there from as little as $110,000 all the way up to $242,000, so I just wanted to... Let everybody know that <laughs> I, I, I see that there's obviously a big spending spree pre-Christmas, and I'm aware of it. But that is not the Job Files job of the week this week, Chris, uh, okay. because I found this little doozy that I just thought there might be a little someone out there who may be in need of a job, who might be interested and qualified for the following job. Swim Dynamics are looking for a swim school coordinator.
0: <laughs> this is perfect, Pete. That's how you wrap it all around. Yes, let's hear more. That
1: that job pays $33 to $37 an hour, which I feel is probably fair. Around, around par. Fair. <laughs> the job title is a swim school coordinator, and the candidate will be both a facilitator and, and an administrator, mm. and a point of contact between customers and instructors. <laughs> uh, it's got regular working hours with some flexibility. Uh, mm. The off-site office is at the JAPE Homemaker Village, the candidate will need their own transport, though. So uh. Uh, I think given recent declarations, I think the candidate that may be best for this role does have their own car.
0: Well, yeah, but uh, it's used summary, to being chauffeured around, but yeah, sorry. Driven around, <laughs>
1: yeah. yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a DIY situation. <laughs> um, in summary, they must build relationships and systems to support our team of instructors and customers to grow swimmers who love to swim well.
0: Uh, And want to learn to do other things well too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Swim Dynamics are on the lookout for a passionate and dedicated individual with a background in administration skills who can facilitate great team outcomes (laughs) as part of our leadership team and the point of contact between teaching staff, customers, and partners. Skills and experience required experience in team and or management, a business or sports administration, a proven ability to use Microsoft Office suite, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> yes. Facilitator with attention to detail who ensures outcomes are achieved on time. The benefits on offer, you can earn up to 65,000 to 73,000 per year. Pro Rata, of course, Chris.
0: Yes, there's an
1: opportunity to be part of a team, which is about to grow, and opportunities for training and skills development. If you're interested in the role, you can email Swim at info at swimdynamics or give them a call zero four double zero two double nine six double two. So, if there's anybody out there looking to be a swim school, Coordinator instructor, that is the job files job of the week and the final one for twenty twenty three. Chris, hey,
0: you ended that perfectly. We got the best candidate. We know you hooked that up. I think you get a commission out of this deal. She gets a sweet new gig. Everybody's happy. (laughs) Kids are swimming again, and and this is like we don't have to wait for the arena pool to open. That's what we were thinking. She's got to have to wait. Exactly. But no, this is a gig right now. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's ready to go. And just in case the ICAC is listening, I do not get a commission for that job.
0: <laughs> That's good you clarified, Pete.
1: <laughs> I feel it needed to be clarified as you dropped me right in the hot <laughs> mud there, my friend. Perfect. <laughs> Chris, um, mate, it's, it's been another great year. And uh, if the analytics alone are anything to go by, there's no doubt that the Territory Story family are very much still channeled in zeroed in and listening to us on a week by week basis and uh we're going to go and enjoy some well-earned uh off-season rest both you and i and uh we're going to sit down individually and together and come up with some uh with some things and plans for for next year but mate um great job this year well done not just for what you do for us but just in general and uh you know the NT Independent I can see and we've talked about this before is clearly here to stay and I think um There's some others out here who perhaps doubted you, who also know that you're here to stay. Yeah,
0: that's right, Pete. Well, hey, look, man, thanks for your support on everything here. It's been great, and it's been fun doing this. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in the new year here. Well, I'm sure we will. We'll see you soon in any case, and you'll be up here. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, Pete, for everything. It's been a great year, and, and we'll see you next year.
1: Cheers, Chris. I look forward to it. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent. Weekends with Walshie won't be back until 2024. In the meantime, have a fantastic Christmas and New Year break. Rest, relax, recuperate. If you're into cricket, don't forget the Boxing Day Test. Enjoy it and we'll catch you in 2024.
0: You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition with Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. For more episodes, go to all your favorite podcasting platforms or head to territorystory.com.